It's the Sports Talk Podcast with Ryan Furr and giving you the hottest sports takes in town. You can reach Ryan through Facebook, email, and Twitter. Now it's time to start the show. Here's Ryan. Welcome back to the Sports Talk Podcast here on Podbean.com as well as iTunes. Welcome back. It is Thursday, July 26, 2012. And we are here with another episode of Sports Talk. Uh, exciting week so far in the world of sports and as well for me um some early information i know that i said that we were going to do the youtube channel beginning of august well i don't want to wait anymore we're going to do it uh today actually it will be launching july 26th 2012 unless something happens where um unless something goes wrong which i don't foresee anything going wrong we will have the show excuse me we'll have the youtube channel ready for today at some point maybe this afternoon we will have a video uploaded um, sort of introducing the YouTube channel. I will formally announce the YouTube channel on Twitter, um, but depending on what time you're listening to this, and there might be a video up right now, so go to youtube.com slash sports talk extra with Ryan Ferrer. Remember, there is no E. It is sports talk, sports talk extra, X-T-R-A with R-F. You know, I wanted to get the whole name in there with Ryan Ferrer. Of course, it wouldn't fit, but I... I don't know. I think Sports Talk Extra with RF works. Maybe it's a little bit... Maybe it doesn't look right. I don't know. I've been kind of hemming and hawing if it looks a little... Is it a little too long? Does it not look right? Should I drop the with RF? Um, what do you guys think? I think it looks... I think it's good. I think it also fits with my Twitter, Sports Talk, at Sports Talk RF. And so I think Sports Talk Extra with RF works as well. Getting into a couple of things on the show today. A major trade... And the NHL took place a few days ago. Rick Nash has been traded to the New York Rangers. We're going to break that trade down and how it affects your Boston Bruins and the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference. We're also going to get into your Boston Bruins and why they're lacking, why they are sitting back in the offseason and not making powerful impact moves that they desperately need. We're going to get into... That as well. And in the Talk to Take today, we're going to have a sports take in the Talk to Take. I know the last episode of Sports Talk, it was just addressing the YouTube channel. But we are going to get into a take on the Patriot haters. I've wanted to do this for a while. It was you know, one of the first things that I wanted to do when I started the podcast. And then I was saying maybe I should save it for the YouTube channel. But I'm going to do it right here today on the t- in the Talk to Take. Addressing these Patriots haters. You know them. They're all around the country. They don't give the Patriots any credit for being the team of the decade, not only in the NFL, but for sports. The model franchise, they don't want to give them any credit because we were good. We were dominating back when we were winning Super Bowls, and they were just waiting for one little thing to get us on. And, of course, Spygate came out, and so they'll never give us credit. You know these people. They'll they'll never give the Patriots or Bill Bill Belichick excuse me any credit for what they did, you know. All they'll say is, well, you know, they cheated, and so the, all those rings are tainted. Gonna get into who these people are and why they need to move on. But first, we will be getting into the Rick Nash stuff, and of course, as always, follow the show on Twitter at Sports Talk RF. Get in touch with the show there. Leave your opinions, comments, whatever. What did you think of the Rick Nash trade? What about the Bruins? 
And why do you hate Patriot haters so much? I know I do. I, I can't stand it. Um, but of course, remember to get in touch with the show there. And of course, you can always follow the show on iTunes. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you don't want to load up the Sports Talk home for Sports Talk on Podbean.com. Just go on iTunes into the iTunes store and search Sports Talk with Ryan Friend. You'll find all the latest episodes there in one convenient place. But first, we'll get into the Rick Nash stuff. And <laughs> I wasn't necessarily surprised that Rick Nash got traded. This was rumored at the trade deadline that Rick Nash might be going to the Rangers back uh, halfway to the season. So I'm not surprised that he ended up going to the Rangers. I'm just surprised how little the Rangers had to give up. I mean, who New York sends to Columbus Brandon Tubinski, Artem Anisimov, Tim Erickson, and a first-round pick. Brandon Dubinsky and Artem Anisimov, they're... They're two forwards. They're pretty good, but are they Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton? Well, I know Dougie, Dougie Hamilton is a a defensive prospect, but you know, is Brandon Dubitsky or Artemi Nisimov are they Tyler Sagan? Because that's initial reports from Bruins talks with the Columbus Blue Jackets was that they wanted a package that included Dougie Hamilton and Tyler Sagan. Well, I don't see that in this package with the Rangers. I see him bringing to Dubitsky. I see, honestly, a David Krejci or a Milan Lucic, which was completely possible. I said on Sports Talk a couple weeks ago that I would gladly trade either of those two. I'd rather keep Krejci, but you know, I, you know, if if a deal came along like this where you're going to get Rick Nash, I'd obviously uh, look into it. So you got to figure Rick Nash. So you got to figure either David Krejci or Milan Lucic for Brandon Dubinsky. And you got to figure our team in Isimov, older player, somebody like maybe, you know, a third liner at most, maybe a Chris Kelly, maybe a Rich Peverly. So you got to think David Krejci, Rich Peverly, and then Tim Erickson, he's a good defensive prospect. He's only 22 years old. So maybe you're looking at a Dougie Hamilton right there. Um, maybe some other young prospect from the Bruins defensive system. Who knows? But I mean, so you're thinking, Brandon, you're thinking David Krejci, Rich Peverly, some prospect, and a first round pick. You know, I'm, you know, it was certainly doable for the Bruins looking back on. I mean, I'm not, I don't really follow the Rangers that much. I don't know much about Tim Erickson. All I know is that he is a young defensive prospect. So maybe Tim Erickson was viewed as a Dougie Hamilton. David Krejci, Rich Peverly, and Dougie Hamilton, Dougie Hamilton, excuse me, then I could see why the Bruins wouldn't have done it, because I didn't, wouldn't want to give up Dougie Hamilton either. But it looks to me like this could have been a doable deal for the Bruins. I mean, you heard my opinion on Rick Nash a couple weeks ago on Sports Talk. I didn't really want Rick Nash. I know he's in the prime of his career, but he's getting a little older, and his numbers have, have been declining over the past few seasons. I'd much rather... Uh, get Bobby Ryan. We'll get we'll get into that a little bit later on. But as far as Rick Nash goes, I didn't think the Bruins should have gone after him. And I think the real reason why the Bruins go after didn't go after him was the contract. He will be owed by the Rangers seven point eight million dollars a season for the next six years. That's according to ESPN. But um, you know, I think that that kind of scared the Bruins a little bit. I don't think they wanted to handle that big contract and tie up so much money with Rick Nash. You know, I don't think that they wanted to do that. I don't think they wanted to give Rick Nash the money that, you know, Zadino Chara is making. So I think that that scared them off. 
They, you know, they said that they were in the, you know, the mix, but I think that ultimately they could have got the deal done if they really wanted to, but they didn't want to deal with the contract. But and at the end of the day, I do think that it's a good thing that the Bruins didn't get him because I, you know, somewhere in there, Columbus would have asked for a Dougie Hamilton or a Tyler Sagan, and I was not willing to part with those. I know the with those players. I know the Bruins weren't either. It's good for them for not uh, giving in and giving up uh, a Tyler Sagan or Dougie Hamilton. But this trade does shift the balance of power in the East. New York gets Rick Nash. And almost Philly got Shea Weber. I mean, for the the sake of this argument, you know, just looking at, you know, how aggressive Philly was to get Shea Weber, well, now it looked as if, well, New York has Rick Nash. Philly is getting Shea Weber, you know, you know, which it's shifting here. The balance of power is shifting in the East. You know, you know, good teams that have been, you know, a powerful force in the East are now getting much better as well. And so I think the Bruins are sort of sitting around here. I'm getting into this next segment. You know, they could be doing much more to improve, but onto on the Rick Nash deal overall. You know, Rick Nash, you know, even though, like I said, I don't necessarily think he'd be a good choice for the Bruins. You know, he is in the prime of his career. He is still one of the best in the NHL. He is on the list of the most current consecutive 30-goal seasons among the active players. On that list, number one is Jerome McGinley with 11. Ilya Kovalchuk with 9. And number two, Alex Ovechkin, number three with 7. And Rick Nash is there at 4 with 5. That's... Um, coming from ESPN Stats and Info. So he is still one of the best scorers in the league, and he's a you know a great option for the Rangers, who did need to improve. They couldn't get past the Devils in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, I mean, they needed a top scorer. They already have one, Marion Gabryk, but he's going to be injured to start the regular season. So they know that they needed to improve there with a big scorer, and they went on and got them. And so, and Rick Nash. And so... I think it's a good move for the Rangers, and I think that they're going to be powerful contender in the East now that they have Rick Nash, even more so than last year, which now hopefully urges the Bruins to make a big splash here in the offseason, whether that's acquiring Bobby Ryan or, you know, some major offensive talent they need. They need to get a big scorer like Rick Nash to improve their offense, and we'll see for the rest of the summer what the Bruins were able to do we're going to move on to next you know what's going on with the Bruins they see the Rangers going out and getting Rick Nash and Philly almost landing Shea Weber you know what are they doing what are they saying to themselves sitting back in the offices in the TD Garden saying well you know what can we do hopefully they're not being complacent and saying well you know I think we have a good chance with the guys that we have right now they need to get better and I'll tell you what areas they need to get better next. All right, welcome back to the show here on Sports Talk with Ryan Ferran. Of course, remember the Twitter handle, at Sports Talk RF. Get in touch with the show, of course, on iTunes. And again, while you're listening to this podcast, maybe after you listen to this podcast, go and check out the Sports Talk YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sports Talk Extra with RF. Remember, there is no E, it is just Extra. Getting back in here on Sports Talk, why are the Bruins lagging so much? They have no major moves to speak of so far in this offseason. A, a couple of guys here and there, they picked up a defensive veteran that might help them on the blue line. I can't remember who they got. 
And then they got Ray Bork's son a few months ago. Not really major moves here for the Boston Bruins, so I I believe that they're lagging, and other teams are improving. You know, the Bruins cannot afford, I've said this before, and they can, you know, it's still true, they cannot afford to just sit back. They need to look to get better. What the Bruins did in 2011 is something that will not be ever duplicated by this team. I mean, that was a year where everything felt everything fell right for the Bruins. They had good matchups against the teams that they played. Tim Thomas obviously was amazing. You can't expect any goaltender to come back and play to play like the way Tim Thomas did, let alone expect Thomas to come back and play like he did in that run. There's just no way you can expect that. And that was a huge reason why the Bruins won the Stanley Cup was because Tim Thomas. I mean, I you know, I know that people remember that he was huge, but I don't I do think that sometimes people forget just how great of a factor Tim Thomas was for the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, he stood at his head every single night, and that's why they won. You know, I mean not to discredit anybody else on the team, but you know, they won because of Tim Thomas, you know, that's a fact. So it's hard to try to duplicate that again just because you say, well, you know, we have the same guys, we can do it all again. Not necessarily, because not only was it Tim Thomas that got you that Stanley Cup, it was also a lot of Game 7s, three to be exact, and a lot of bounces in those Game 7s that could have gone the other way. I mean, look at Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was just that one goal. One goal won you the Eastern Conference, and... It could have, you know, there could have been a bounce the other way, and it could, you know, the puck could have ended up going through Thomas's legs instead of Rollison's. You know, that was a one-goal game, and so it could have gone either way. I mean, in the first-round matchup against the Canadians, it could have, you know, it could have gone the other way. I mean, Nathan Horn was set up for a tremendous shot. He powered it by Carey Price, but who's to say that it doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen on Thomas? You know, and the, you know, I mean... They dominated in Game 7 of the Cup Finals, but I mean, a lot of bounces helped. And I mean, even in Game 5, I was at Game 5 in the uh, first round series against Montreal. I mean, that was double overtime, and it was a 1-1 game. Double overtime. And, you know, the the save that Thomas made on Brian Gionta, oh, it was amazing. Shifting from side to side, just like that. So athletic. What a move that was. But what if he doesn't make that? What if he doesn't make that move? What if that goal goes Goal goes by him, and now the Bruins are down going back to Montreal. That could have been very different. Bruins could have gone ousted in the first round. So well, my point is a lot of things that went right for the Bruins aren't going to happen again. And so they need to look to improve. With that magic that was, that came with the 2011 Cup run, you need to replace that with good offensive talent that can help you win another Cup. And like I said, they could have got they could have gotten Nash if they wanted to, but I just think plain and simple, they didn't want to deal with the money. They didn't want to deal with the contract, and you know that's fine. But you know they could have gotten them if they wanted to. So they that just makes me feel that they need to go after Bobby Ryan. Like they need to get into the Bobby Ryan sweepstakes. I've heard reports that they're out of it now. They need to put together a package to get Bobby Ryan. It's not going to be you know they could probably get Bobby Ryan for less than they were going to have to give. To Columbus for Rick Nash. They probably won't have to give up a Charles Sagan or a Dougie Hamilton. Sure, they'll have to give up a Krejci or a Lucic, but I'd rather lose Lucic, another prospect, and a pick 
to get Bobby Ryan to improve the offense, especially the power play. Power play was dreadful in the 2011 Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, that was terrible. They just had a terrible power play. Terrible power play. You know, through last season, I mean, through last season, the regular season, it was okay. wasn't wasn't terrific. But then in the playoffs, it sucked again. It was a huge weakness for the Bruins. You know, in the playoffs, in those key situations, you got to be able to take advantage of a clear opportunity when it's given to you. You know, if you're on the main advantage, you got to take it, you know, you got to take control of those situations. I'm not saying you have to score every time you get a power play, but man, there were some situations in those games in Washington where, you know, the Bruins could have really used a good power play. I mean, a lot, those were all one goal games. So you're thinking if the Bruins had a good power play and someone like a Bobby Ryan to help out and be a top scorer and take more chances and go to the net, it could have been very, very different. You know, this Bruins team, you know, they get the dirty goals. You know, it's goals by committee. There's no one true offensive superior talent on this Bruins team. They they send goals, you know, excuse me, they send pucks to the net. It's very simple offense. They send pucks to the net and try to get the rebounds, try to get the dirty goals in front. And while that might have worked on that magical cup run in 2011, they got to change their philosophy to hope to improve going down the line. They got a great young nucleus of players, I'm not going to lie, but that group of players isn't going to get you another cup. They need to be helped by another talent. The Bruins proved in that cup run that, you know, sometimes you don't need the big offensive talents to win you the cup. You don't need to be Detroit with, you know, you know, eight Bobby Ryans. That's an overstatement, but you, you get what I mean. You don't need to be one of these hockey powerhouses to win the Cup every year. And I think, you know, L.A. proved that again this year as well. They weren't as physical as the Bruins, but, you know, they didn't have... I mean, they were an eighth seed. Sure, they had stars, but, I mean, it wasn't like a powerhouse like you'd see from Pittsburgh or Detroit or another one of these huge teams in the NHL. They proved that they could do it on toughness and grit alone. But I think that with that toughness and grit came with a lot of luck. And that luck was what truly propelled them to win the Stanley Cup that year. So I think that they need to get a good offensive talent. I think Bobby Ryan is the guy. He is on the trade market. So I think that the Bruins need to come up and get a package together. Because at this point they're lagging. They're sitting back and they're watching all these other teams. And I've heard numerous... uh, quotes and interviews from Peter Chiarelli and other members of the the Bruins organization saying that, well, you know, we're confident with the players that we have. And that's great, but that cup run, you know, I think we saw this last year in the playoffs, that cup run is very hard to, the cup run from 2011 will be very hard to try to duplicate. I mean, we saw last year, you know, last year against Washington, that could have happened in 2011. I mean, Game 7, of the Capital Series, you know, that Joel Ward goal could have happened in the first round against Montreal in the 2011 Cup run. That could have happened against Tampa Bay. That could have, you know, something like that could have happened. I think the people the people that are in the Bruins organization are losing sight of that. They don't understand that. Yes, you had a bunch of gritty guys out there on the ice that won the Cup, but... 
a lot of things went right for you that aren't going to happen again. You know, it's just not going to happen. It was, you know, it's even to get you to that point, you've got to remember that Tim Thomas was outstanding. He had one of the best seasons for a goaltender in the history of the National Hockey League. So to get to that point, to get all the lucky bounces and to get all of the lucky plays and lucky games that happened, you needed to have that base of Tim Thomas, that powerful, almost indestructible base of Tim Thomas to even get you to that point. And you're not going to have that again. So you're not going to have that great play of Tim Thomas ever again. It doesn't matter if it's going to come out of Tuka Rask or Tim Thomas himself. No matter who your goaltender is, you're never going to get that again. So in that Stanley Cup run, that was half of you know why the Bruins won. You know, that was the base. And then on top of that base was the chances and the lucky bounces and the lucky goals. I'm not going to say that the entire Cup run, why the Bruins won the Cup, was because it was all luck. I'm not saying that, but at the same time, you have to look at these games. Especially the Game 7s. They didn't, you know, the two Game 7s against Montreal and Tampa Bay, they did not dominate. Those were really close games that could have gone either way. And so that's what you have to look at if you're a member of the Bruins organization here to make moves because without that base of the Tim Thomas, of the, of Tim Thomas's goaltending and those, you know, lucky bounces... You're not going to win the cup again with this core group of players. That's why you've got to change your fortunes and go out and get a top scorer. Then you can have a lethal offensive weapon that can really help you down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. If you have a guy that you can turn to that you know can score, I mean, that's going to help out tremendously, especially on the power play. All right, we got to get to the talk to take. It's going to be coming up next, and it's going to be addressing the Patriots. Haters, oh, how I dislike them. That's next. Back in here on Sports Talk for the Talk to Take of the Day. Talk to Take of the Day is powered, as always, by Podbean.com. And right now we are going to be addressing Patriots haters. Um, This is something that, like I said, I wanted to do a rant on this for a long time. Even before I had the show. Because, you know, Patriots haters, they, they don't understand. They don't want to even make mention to the Patriots and how great they were during their Super Bowl runs, how dominating their offense and defense was during the Super Bowl runs. All they look at is, you know, you cheated. You, you know, Bill Belichick didn't do it clean. You cheated. You won because you videotaped other defensive signals from the D coordinators on sidelines, and that's why you won those Super Bowls. You won because of those videotapes. You watched those videotapes and that's how you won. That's how you won those Super Bowls, and so you cheated. And your rings are tainted. If for me personally, I've let it go. Like, I know what the Patriots did were wrong. Like, if any Patriots fan tells you that the uh, Patriots weren't wrong in what they were doing, that they weren't breaking any rules, it's all bullcrap. Because it certainly was cheating. I will, you know, I am a Patriots fan. I'm a diehard Patriots fan. They cheated. Plain and simple. It was against the rules. Bill knew it was against the rules. They cheated. They cheated. Uh, but I, I'm acknowledging that. I'm not saying that they did not cheat. They cheated. They knew it was against the rules, and they did it anyways. After they were told not to do it, they still did it. Against the rules. I completely, I'm not going to say that they did not cheat. They cheated. But when you really look at it, and what was really going on on the sidelines, 
any educated fan of the National Football League will understand that what the Patriots were doing really didn't help win football games. And these fans of these teams that are Patriots haters and all they care about is that the Patriots cheated, I've come to the assumption, because I moved on, that these are fans of bad teams. These are fans of the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the, you know, any bad team that you want to throw out there that sucked for years and have been terrible and they just are bad teams. These are fans of these teams that they have nothing to look forward to because their team just sucks every single year. And they're just mad at their own teams. They're mad at their own fandom because they are fans or they're a fan of a terrible team and they're just taking it out on somebody else. And to that I say, let it go. You know, if you need to go into some therapy or, you know, you need to talk to somebody about it, please do because everyone else here has moved on. You're taking your anger and your aggression for your own bad teams on somebody else. And that's where it truly stems from. Because the educated fans of the NFL know that what Bill did, yes, it was against the rules. certainly was. But it really didn't help the Patriots win games. These are the fans that need to really let it go. And they need to know that. Let me explain it for right now. What the Patriots did was they taped the signals on the uh, sidelines for the defense. To know, and as a precursor, they were doing this probably for teams that they played twice in a season, so the ones in the division. They were filming the Jets the day that Eric Mangini squealed on them. But anyways, so you tape the... uh, the defensive signals. First of all, they get changed up after every game. So so it's uh, so the defensive signals get changed frequently. And do you really think that the Patriots, after taping these signals, would have enough time to see what the play was that the defense was calling? First of all, get it to Brady. Have Brady tell his entire offense what play the defense was going in, what formations the defense were going into, call the right play for the offense to make sure that that play would beat the defense and get all that information, all of that, all of that knowledge into Brady before the, before the ball had to be snapped, before the end of the play clock. Do you really think that they could do all of that, recognize what the defense was going to go with, get it into Brady, have Brady tell us teammates and then run the play effectively at the same time you can know what you're what the opposing defense is going to do but can you execute and so that's what really happened you know i don't know why they continued to do it i'm making it seem like it really didn't help so but then you might say well why did they keep doing it i don't know i'm not bill belichick but that's i'm telling you what really went on and these people don't understand that that's what happened educated fans of the nfl that aren't Patriots fans, you know, maybe they just like the Patriots, they know this, and they know, okay, yeah, you cheated, but it really didn't help in the long run. It didn't really do anything. We did not beat the Carolina Panthers in Super Bowl 38, or the Eagles in Super Bowl 39, or the Rams in Super Bowl 36 because we studied their videotapes. Like, that's crazy. That's, like, that is just terrible. Like, I, I hate that excuse from, you know, people that don't want to acknowledge 
how great of a franchise the Patriots have been. Oh, well, you cheated. Oh, bull crap, we cheated. No way. When you get into the Super Bowl, you know, those were tough games. And we won. Fair down the middle. I mean, the Eagles had a tough defense that day. Carolina had a tough defense that day. And the Rams had a dominating defense. And I mean, and it showed. Watch those games. We didn't beat, we didn't pulverize these other teams. You know, they were close games. And so, like I said, bringing back to my original point, these are just fans of bad teams that are just so angry that their team hasn't been winning and they're, they're, that their team is not good. So they take it on the good team. They take it on the Patriots. And so to them, I say, you know, go and, you know, go and talk about it with somebody. Go and, you know, go and see a, you know, a therapist and get some help for it so that you can, you know, realize what actually happened. I just explained it because it's very hard to get the signals and get it into Brady and to run the play and make sure that it works. Know that actually what happened didn't affect what the Patriots did in those seasons and it didn't affect how they won those Super Bowls. It didn't really help them. Sure, they did it, but it didn't really help them. To know the truth is that it didn't really help them win those games. Now that you know, you know, talk to somebody or talk to somebody about how much your Lions are, how much your Lions suck. Yeah, they went 5-0 and to start last year and then they just fell off the face of the earth. You know, talk to somebody about that. You know, go see a specialist, you know, something, you know, along those lines. Try to get all that anger and aggression out. Because you feel that, you know, the Patriots have been cheating, so you're taking it on them. Know that what they did was cheating, but that it really didn't help them in the long run. It didn't really do much. And then take that and let it go. And I know that there are some Patriots fans that haven't moved on. There are some Patriots fans that, you know, will always be like, no, they didn't cheat. They cheated. I know that a lot of Patriots fans have acknowledged that. I have acknowledged that. But we've moved on. Yeah, the public opinion's never really going to change. You know, these people aren't really ever going to go away, and it's always going to be there. You know, yeah, you were a dynasty in the the 2000s. Yeah, you won three Super Bowls. But there's always going to be that, but, Spygate. And we know that. But you got to move on, and you got to let it go. And so to to these Patriots haters, realize what happened, and let it go that's you know just let it go you know i've let it go i mean i struggled with it for a long time as a patriots fan say no that no that didn't happen just let it go acknowledge that it happened because it did happen like i said they cheated and let it go and realize that what actually happened didn't really help them in the long run and just let it go so that's what i have to say to the patriots haters here on sports talk before i do go uh, again, check out the YouTube channel today. It is launching, uh, today, Thursday, July 26th. It is launching today. We'll have at least one video up there. And, uh, so check that out. That, that'll be good. And, uh, we're starting to roll here on Sports Talk. This is our seventh episode. And, uh, the YouTube channel is starting, so we're getting into a little bit of a, uh, a roll here. And so it's been fun so far, and I can't wait to keep on going and like I said if you've been with us since the beginning thank you so much for sticking with us and if you're just coming on welcome aboard and so that ends sports talk today um today is Thursday do want to thank everybody for listening uh this is the last sports talk for the week but like I said 
get to that YouTube channel, youtube.com slash sports talk extra. That's just an X, no EX, extra with RF. We'll have videos there. We'll have, we'll have at least one video on Thursday, and then we'll have more videos on Friday and then throughout the weekend. So to keep updated with me and the show, this is the last full podcast for this week. So we will be bringing you another podcast next week. But until that time, like I said, today is Thursday. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.